Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Great to be in God's house tonight, amen? Look, Come on, look at the person next to you and say, hey, it's great to see you in God's house. Come on, do it. Don't make me come out there. Look outside. I'm keeping track. Got cameras up here if you don't... You don't do what you're told. It's been a long time since I had kids living in my house. I might not want to be parental right now. It's great to have you in God's house. And uh, most of you will know that we are kind of in this mode, preparing for our, uh, our launch in orchards. And right now, behind the scenes, we're having our uh, new facility drawn out, getting ready to build out. But in the meantime, we're gathering here, thankfully, for uh, the good, good, uh, open door given to us by Footprints Church, Pastor Ben, and we appreciate him so much, amen, and allowing us to use his facility and to share that. And so we've been able to come in, and as we're gathering, we're kind of calling this pre-launch season on the screen behind me um, for the message. You'll notice that little wrench and that little gear. And when you see that, I want that to remind you that we are in a different mode. We are in a preparation mode. While this is church and while we are gathering, we're in a different mindset. We are getting ready to launch in a new area, and we're trying to move out of the season that we've been in where we're trying to survive all that we've been going through as people in a community, in a world that's been kind of half crazy. And we're beginning to readjust our thinking and our thought processes of being God's team to be able to reach the people that he desires to reach, amen? And so that's much of our preaching and teaching over the next weeks. And uh, with that, there's a couple of things that are going on that are super cool. Make sure you're here for ladies' night this Wednesday night, right? Um, such, so valuable to build those relationships in this season. And if you want to uh, support one of our C3 churches, uh, Pastor Seth and Karen, tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, they're dedicating their new facility. We helped to negotiate that deal. We helped to give. We gave $12,000 for down payment last year. Arch Church family on behalf of them. And so they're doing the ribbon cutting uh, tomorrow morning at 10. If you want directions there, I'll get them to you. But join us for that. Uh, tonight, I want to have you lean into the scripture they're going to put on the screen. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 27. That's a beautiful portion of scripture we see in the New Testament. As Paul's preaching, these are the words that he says. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it. Can I have an amen? It's like three of you. Are you kidding me? God who made this world and everything in it. That's important, man. Because I'm going to tell you what, the screwdriver in my drawer at home didn't just suddenly appear. And when I look at it, it's got intelligent design. It was created for a purpose. And when I look at you, I see the handiwork of God. His purposes are in you that want to come out and be fulfilled as we live our lives. We've, this world has been created by God for a good purpose. Amen? And it goes on to say that everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, gives all mankind life and breath. Amen? And... If that, with that in mind, he made everything from one man, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. Here's the key. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, you are here and now on purpose. You are designed for here and now on purpose. You are here to, to be used incredibly by God 
in this crazy world that we're living in. And it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 27 or 57, okay, amen? God wants to use us and he has selected this moment in time for such a moment as this for you individually, your family, and also our church family. And he's designed that to use us for the next thing, that we can be a part of the process of where people seek God and find their way towards him because he's not far away. Let me give you this next screen before I pray over you. Just I'll sum up my entire message and that entire verse. Number one, God's primary work on the earth is to bring us into his family. It's what God's doing right now. You don't know the will of God. The will of God is to bring you into his family where he is father and we are sons and daughters. It's both. It's not one or the other. God in sending his son into this world to capture your attention is not just to bring you to himself, but it's to bring you into what we call the us, church the community that influences the world. The second thing is the main tool God has engineered to accomplish his work here, here and now, is his family, us, his here and now family. You and I were his goal, and now we are his well-designed, well-engineered tool to reach others to accomplish the very same purpose. And finally, our ever-changing here and now doesn't change God's primary work. Our purpose or our potential effectiveness right here in the here and now. You are what you need to be to divide and conquer and accomplish the will of God. Collectively, we are the people that we need to be in order to see God's will take place, regardless of the news, regardless of the whispers, regardless of the challenges, everything is right here that you need in order to, to be successful in life, amen? So my title is just Navigating the Here and the Now because God's placed you in the here and now and you are gonna thrive, amen? Father, I thank you for your people. God, I just speak blessing over their lives. Lord, I, 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 my prayer, God, is that the, the promises that are in your word that are for your people tonight are louder than all of the other noise that's out there. God, your message to your people that you got this under control, that you have us here for a reason, that we can be successful if we lean in and trust you. And so I pray for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand and high five the person next to your worship team. Thank you, guys. Bethany, great. Bethany, welcome to the team. Nice. Good job. She'll be signing autographs in the rear uh, immediately after our gathering. And I know her family's here. We're excited to see them. And we appreciate all of our team and everybody that makes up our teams. Um, I want to lean into this idea that um, there's a, a here and now that God has created for us to be in. And our being in it can be incredibly effective. I want to be really honest with you, the last 18 months of life have been kind of crazy. I don't ever want to hear the phrase uncertain future ever again, but I will say that every day feels like they've moved the steps on how to walk through life. And in my dialogue with so many of you, whether you're a mom and dad sending your kids off to school, what, what was a year ago is different last week and could change tomorrow. And if you're a business owner, 
the rules required for you to conduct business, they change every single week. And if you're just trying to figure out what am I supposed to do to go grocery shopping, it'll wear you out. And the atmosphere that all that creates is anxiety for all of us because we, we've lived a lot of years with a pretty protected um, lifestyle and, and a way of functioning that was good and, and, and easy to kind of navigate through. But these shifts over the last 18 months, regardless of what they are and all the changes in where you have to stand, um, they're actually nothing new in the grand scheme of things. In fact, as you really look, if you guys will give me the next slide, uh, as you look at, at, at um, I'm sorry, guys, you were on the right slide. I Dave, I apologize. I bow to you, my friend. Thank you. I apologize. I just couldn't see it. I need to get some new glasses. I need to get my prescription looked at Tuesday this week. Okay. Um, you know, as, as we've kind of navigated through this last 18 months, it feels like these are huge changes that we're all experiencing. But historically, all these changes are nothing new in societies. And in fact, they're actually quite minor when you look through the lens of history and you look through the lens globally. You know, again, us as parents, you, you, you've, you've faced so many shifts and so many adjustments. And I know that that's been extremely challenging. And many of you have... You've been frustrated with the education system, but we have teachers who are unsure of how to handle situations and having to make major life choices that are exhausting for them as well. And our students trying to figure out where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. And we've watched that all play out. Uh, we've watched businesses be challenged, and now some of the new mandates are becoming even more challenging. I was talking with a family that's having to move another a family member in a care home because their care home is shutting down because nobody wants to work there because of some of the mandates required of the employees. Now we're watching people step out of careers and make these major life choices and try to press forward, and it's, it's let's be honest, it's a lot. And this shifting is just a reality, and these next couple of moments is going to sound like I'm ranting a little bit, but I, I, I've got a good goal that I'm after. I just want to describe some of the shifts that I see taking place. They're like, oh, man, what is going on? Because as a 55-year-old guy, this is really the first time in my life where I've seen that the step that's always been here is no longer there. And I'm talking medically, I'm talking socially, I'm talking educationally, I'm talking financially, I'm talking about just friendships and as it applies to church. We're watching as, as, the, as relationships are shifting as a result of the pressure that culture is putting on people. Culture is shifting every day. There's a new set of rules of what makes you a good or bad person, of you being accepted or being rejected. And it's such a fast-moving train that it could impact radically your job, your career, your ability to sell something, your ability to even walk out into society in some cases. We're watching those relationships shift and exponentially as well and globally as well where people who walked together before, nations who walked together before are now no longer walking together and uh, things, treaties have been torn up based on sales of submarines if you're following that and we're pulling people out of uh, you know, our, our, our political places of leadership because of those deals and we're watching even our politics and our government shift. There's more executive orders in the last well, there's actually been a lot throughout history, but what's weird in this season is we've got 
politicians that are giving executive orders solely to undo what the last guy that they don't like did. There are things that have been set into motion that include corporations, cities, and civilizations that with a flip of a switch, it's done, and they're out of work, and that's very unusual. We're also watching an uprising of diplomatic immunity, I'll call it, where it's always been a growing thing where many of our politicians, as they formed laws, there's things like um, within the, the buildup of your taxes that many of our politicians are exempt from taxation. But that has now spreading in these last few months where there's exemptions for all sorts of craziness, and we see it on the camera before us, and we're watching it all play out on the TV, which is global and never was 10 or 15 years ago. We're watching that shift happen before us, and what we expected to be there is no longer there. We're watching a shift in medical practice. And I know that numbers of you are in the medical field or very directly connected, maybe because of a healthcare issue, and it's hard to know where to go and where to stand. Some of you have lost loved ones due to COVID. Some of you have had COVID and not sure what to do. I, I had a buddy recently who ended up in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and he had already had COVID. And his doctor told him that it's impossible for you to have it again. And after the doctor left the room, the nurse said, no, 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 it's quite possible you do have it again. And so there's even this, where, where, where do I go for the right answers? That's very, very, very common. You know, some of the understandings and the common practice about our own medical histories, which were usually quite, uh, in society, protected. You didn't ask people about what they were experiencing or struggling with, and now we're branding people on social media for what their backgrounds are, decisions that they make, right? Uh, we are also treating... The, the number three killer of humans right now, which is COVID, uh, to the point where it's eclipsed number two and number one. And the reason why that's dangerous is number two and one, which are cancer and heart, heart attacks, are actually, in many of the cases, brought upon on ourselves. But for whatever reason, we've isolated this one thing, which is real and which is dangerous, but we've ignored number one and number two. And we've instituted mandates for number three that if we ever instituted for one or two, the whole world would revolt. Because if we discontinued your favorite ice cream, I mean, that's the end of, of civilization as we know it, right? If we shut down our favorite fast food place, right? I mean, I, I need to lose a few pounds. This includes me as well, right? So it's, it's interesting the shift that's happening in society that, that we're watching, um, I'm going to skip over some of this because it, it's just me ranting, okay? But, but, but what I'm really, it's really remarkable. I want to I make something clear. When you walk into this house, you're welcome. You are. You're welcome here. If you walk in with a mask, you're welcome here. If you walk in without a mask, think that through, but you're welcome here. There's no rebellion in our stance on mask or no mask. It's not a spiritual issue. It's an issue of safety. It's an issue of health. I encourage you to press into that. I'll say the same thing about vaccines. I'm not, a, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, and I've had many vaccines in my life. It's not a spiritual issue. It's an issue of health. But let me say that this is an area where the ground has shifted recently, and let me explain why some people, maybe not you, if you've got the vaccine, great. If you haven't, okay, I understand. But let me explain why it's a bigger issue than just the safety of everyone. Back in 1947, there was a trial. It was the Nuremberg trial that happened right after World War II. And it was really based on the fact that 
uh, Nazi Germany had been doing scientific tests on human beings. And the global world said, that is not right. We need to get together and we need to establish a baseline for injecting stuff into people's bodies. And so the Nuremberg uh, Code, which was created in 47, has 10 tenets that the medical world and the global world has agreed upon so what happened back then would never happen again. I'm only going to read a couple of the points to you, but this has been a guaranteed step in our civilization since 1947 that has just shifted way out of the way. Number one, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means, this, is not, this wasn't written today. This wasn't written by me. This isn't like a, a meme. This is what, what our physicians and our medical industry has followed since then. It's part of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors um, step into and our medical field honors. That the voluntary consent of human subjects is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have a legal capacity to give consent. They should also so be situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreach, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. They should also be given uh, sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable them to make an understanding and enlightened decision. This latter element requires that before the acceptance of an affirmative decision by the experimental subject, there should be made known to him the nature, duration, and the purpose of the experiment, the method by and means by which it is to be conducted, and he's to be made aware of all the inconveniences, hazards, reasonably to be expected, and the effects upon his health or person which may possibly come from his participation in the experiment. Does that It's just a great point one. This sounds like these guys thought this through. Now, which is really interesting, point number two, the experiment should be so designed and based on the results of, first and foremost, animal experimentation. That's written in this code. This is what we've. This is a sure step that we've agreed to walk on as a society. Now, listen. I, I'm get. I'm, I'll get somewhere in a second here. Okay, but I, this is just fascinating to me. It has to be so designed and based on the results of prior animal experimentation and a knowledge of the natural history of the disease or any other problem under study, and that the anticipated results justify the performance of the experiment. Let me skip down to number four on the list. The experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary, brace yourself for this, physical and mental suffering for being involved with it. There's a recognition that being a part of an experiment puts like a pressure on a person mentally. Maybe not any of you, but I've lost a few moments of sleep trying to figure out what do I do? Number nine, let me just skip over the other ones. They matter, but not for this, this, uh, this moment. During the course of the experiment, the human subject should be at liberty to bring the experiment to an end if he has reached the physical or the mental state where continuation in the experiment seems to him to be impossible. And finally, number 10, during the course of the experiment, the scientists in charge must prepare, be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage if he has probable cause to believe. 
that the exercise in good faith with his superior skill and careful judgment required of him, that the continuation of the experiment is likely to result in injury, injury, disability, or death to the subjects that are being tested. I bring it up because that has been a shift that's happened, and that really is part of the heart of the outrage. It's not just my body, my choice, which is a catchy cliche. This has been the medical foothold for our nation when it comes to injections. Now, that's not only shifted, but think about how it could shift furthermore into the future. What if things happen like not just it's a choice between your job, but it becomes now a choice between whether you're even able to get health care? But these are realities that we face and we look forward to and realize that, man, the world around me is shifting. Me sharing this information is solely to help you to look at some real key things that have shifted in the world that we live in. Church life has definitely shifted, amen? Crazy, the changes that we've had to face and new rules in different places and some places you can get together, but you have to sit certain distance apart and there's no singing if there are more than 20 people in the room. Right now, Australia's locked down and churches can't gather at all. And so I look out into the world of the people that I know. I've got pastors that, uh, some in Portland, their church has not met for the last almost two years. And then I've got other friends that live in San Diego. They missed a couple weeks, and they've been having church every single week. And then there's people kind of stuck in between. In our local uh, region here, there have been churches that have been devastated and have shut down as they've tried to navigate through what is going on and what should I do. Good friends, a church that we support, that we pumped 25 grand in here recently to our C3 brothers and sisters up in, as they launched Hope City or Hope Village Church up in Seattle. It's really weird. They actually started their church at the beginning of the pandemic, which is a good planning, guys. That's real smart. It seems like the right time, right? But the interesting thing is they began to connect with people that weren't looking for a new church. They were just struggling with the fact that their church wasn't gathering. And, you know, I, I, I think online is incredibly valuable. We provide that for people and for specific search situations and circumstances. It's as valuable as FaceTime is if you're separated from your spouse. But it's definitely not the same as having an intimate relationship with your spouse. You tracking with me? It's a great substitute in a time of need. But Jesus came to give his life to, to bring family together. To bring you and I in not only to relationship with himself, but into family, which means you and me together as he is all of our father. And there's some supernatural things that happen when we gather that don't happen when we don't. And so Drew and Emma, as they began to gather people, they were able to be kind of under the radar as they gathered everybody in this summer camp. And the summer camp wasn't being used because it wasn't summer. And then the weird thing is, as they began to gather people, it turned from zero in a couple months into about 300 people. Remarkable. I'm like, that's in a pandemic? Man, whatever you're brushing your teeth with, send it my way. I want to be able to reach people that way. And then the camp needed to be able to meet publicly. And so Drew had to find a new place for the church to gather, so he's having to shift. But by that time, all the rules medically had changed in the community. And so they walk into downtown Bellevue, the fourth story, I think it's on the fourth story. They're meeting in the Regal Theaters. I mean, it's in a tower. It's on Main Street. It was intimidating. I had to park in a parking garage and go up four stories to their church. And I walked in, and I'm like, man, you guys are, got faith the size of, you know, ginormous. 
And we stood there in both services as people were gathering and just saw the cool thing that God was doing. That's awesome, but it's shifted now for them because in their county, mass mandates kicked on and they're in a, a facility that they don't own and they have to follow what's required by the owners and that's the respectful thing to do, correct? And so in the process of trying to have church, there's been some naturally some pushback. People have been enjoying seeing one another's faces and smiles and being able to greet one another and, and, and not having this challenge. They were certainly able to come with a mask on if they wanted to, but not required, but now it's required. And so there's a little bit of an adjustment there until just recently their county has initiated a vaccination requirement for any church to gather. And so that's the reality. And I'm talking to my friends saying, what are you going to do? These are challenging times. There's some of you who are parts of companies that are over 100 people. And it's really, you know, because of what I've already mentioned about the vaccines, it's really not that about loving or not loving other people. It's about the footing for these decisions has been pulled out from underneath me. I used to make a decision of what I would buy based on the price on the price tag. But if it's a question mark, shouldn't I have the right to be able to figure out the cost before I'm forced to go up to the cash register and cash it in? And so I talked to him, and it's hitting him now, this challenge of trying to lead a church when he doesn't own a building. And I'm like, welcome to my world, my friend. And he's going to be in trouble because if they, if they don't enforce the medical mandates, he's going to be in trouble with some, some people. But if he, if he, well, you know what I'm saying, the opposite, whatever I said the first time, he's going to be in trouble no matter what he does. And that's how many of you have felt. That's not just a church thing. That's a you thing. You've been facing that as a parent, as a company owner, as, as people transitioning in the world that we live in as trying to, trying to be a manager in a business. The unsure footing of where we're standing in this season makes it really hard to navigate in the here and in the now. And you know what? Things may get worse. Right? They could get worse. Now, I didn't say your life is going to get worse. I said circumstances could get worse. But let me give you this thought um, here. They're going to put it on the screen. These seemingly giant shifts in our here and now are nothing new, and they're comparatively minor when viewed through the historical global lens. But next slide, our circumstances don't define us, nor do they limit us. When we press into God's purposes while honoring God's word, God will always make a way. Do I need to say that again so that you can like digest that? This has been going on for eons. And you know why it seems like a big deal to you and I? Because we've really enjoyed a pretty smooth path as Americans. I don't know about all the privileges they're talking about on the, the news, but I'll tell you one privilege that's very real. It's called American privilege. And you and I have lived lives where the least um, uh, financially, um, whoever makes the least in this room, you are still probably in the top 1% of all income levels globally. As a family, if you make $50,000 a year, you feel like, oh, man, we could barely make ends meet. Do you not know that $50,000 a year in this world puts you in the top 1% of richest people on the planet? You see, you only, you, it feels like a great big deal because this is the biggest deal that you and I have ever experienced. But when you look through the lens of what's happened for years, 
all around the world. In fact, what's happening right now? I remember when this first started, we as Christians, we felt persecuted because we would have to worship God with a mask on. And if you travel to China or you travel to the Middle East, it's not you're going to get shut down if you don't wear your mask. It's if we catch you gathering, we are going to kill you. And yet, wait for this, they still gather. In the C3 Global family, the fastest growing churches exist in two places. They exist in China and they exist in the Middle East. You know why? Because when we peel away all the junk that really doesn't matter and push comes to shove, we find ourselves leaning forward into the things that really matter. And listen, whether it's too hot or too cold in here, it's Saturday night, Sunday morning, life and death, eternity, you and I being good with God and helping other people to be pulled out of the fire of this world to experience his love, that's the things that matter, amen? Amen. Okay. So our circumstances don't define us. They are real. You are experiencing all of these things. Lots of them are not fair. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I think the world is going to just blow up from all the lawsuits that are going to be filed. I, spontaneous human combustion just from the lawsuits down at the courthouse. That's my expectation. I expect that it'll be, it's going to be just comical to stand back, get some popcorn, and watch some of it play out. I don't know what will happen, but again, my circumstances don't define us, and they also don't limit us. When we press into God's purpose, that's the key. What, what is God's purpose? What's the big thing that God's doing here on this earth? Number one, he's gathering people into his family where he is our father and we are his children, living life together, accomplishing great things in this world. Second thing that I said about his purpose is that we've been wired for the here and now to fulfill his purpose. We are his super weapon, his favorite tool to get the, the, the purpose accomplished. And maybe you don't feel like that, but... All of you guys, you got your favorite tool that's the do-all tool in your tool chest. And we, as God's people, are his favorite tool for here and now to see what needs to be done established on this earth, even though it feels like our footing is loose. Let me give you a couple of points on how to navigate through the season when the steps keep moving. Just real basic, simple, simple thoughts. And this applies to you if you're going to school with what you're dealing with, if you're a grandma, grandpa, if you're having to contemplate, do I do, I do what they said or is that the right thing to do? But it, it violates what I believe God's word says to me. These are the questions and the challenges that are true for all of mankind through the last 2,000 years. These are questions that people have to face you know, it used to be you and I, oh, man, I had a really bad day. Why? I was in the fast lane at Safeway, and somebody had 13 items. <laughs> they were in front of me. You know what I'm talking about. But this world that we, we are locked into right now, we are feeling that ramping up of things being really critical. Or watching one another as the constant bombardment of all of this takes a psychological effect. I sat with a pastor about two weeks, maybe three weeks ago, and you know what he said to me? For the first time in my life as a pastor, I've contemplated quitting and running away. And I said, amen, brother, amen. <laughs> and we both agreed it's not because of our people. 
It's not because we don't love God and his calling. It's because the rules of the game keep changing so much. How do you lead people to an ever-changing destination? How do you cast vision for what we're going to do when it becomes illegal tomorrow? How do you do that? So, number one, we navigate. We press into our family. We press into God, who is our Father, and we press into one another. I want to, ch- I want to challenge you. Again, the gathering of God's people is critical. There are a lot of reasons why people detach. There are a lot of issues that bring people to that decision. But what I want to tell you that's short-sighted is it is one of the enemy's most effective ways of keeping you from experiencing all that he has for you. Adam and Eve and God were in the garden together. And the enemy struck his fateful blow while they were separated to cause her to look at God as if he was holding out on her. The things that will happen as you are separated from the family of God. It's not just being connected to God, it's being connected to the family of God. When you're connected to the family of God, then there's people to say, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, I wanna pray for you. Or, hey, I wanna talk to you. I'm a little concerned about that thing that you're doing. It, it, it keeps us connected to the flow of where God is. And I don't know about you, but I don't sing as well as our worship team, and there's not five of us in the shower, thank God. And so I look forward when I come here to be able to worship God and experience a concentrated level of faith and being in God's house. Amen. Look at that verse that says, and let us consider how to stir one another up. You can't stir anybody up on, by yourself. Well, I could stir my husband and my wife. That's short-sighted. we got a whole world to impact. To serve them up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together. By the way, do you know that the word church means gathering of people? Oh, the building's not the church. Yes, we know that. But you also aren't the church. You know who the church is? We. That's what Jesus died for. He died for the we. You want to try to do this alone? You're going to experience what Eve did, and you're going to experience what a lot of others have done. There won't be an immediate deterioration. But there's people who told me right off the bat, oh, I'm doing better than ever. And my response was, oh, you're doing better than ever? Really? So basically what you're saying is without God's formula for you being encouraged and doing well, you have stepped into some new truth that you're actually doing better without doing the thing God says will help you to do better. But encouraging one another. And notice what it says. And all the more as you see, what? The day drawing near. You know, when I was, I got, I became a Christian in 1985. I was 18 years old. I had hair, if you can imagine that. You come to my home and you see our wedding picture. Some of you are going to be like, Rowena, your first husband, he was pretty good looking. Some people say that that picture looks like Christopher Reeves. I'm like, you know it. I no longer have the hair, but I do have the body. I keep my cape hidden bust out the tights once in a while. No. I know where, where was I going with this? You know, when you're preaching, sometimes you get lost in a story and forget how this story actually applies. And at my progressing age, that happens quite frequently. Um, let me just go to point two. I have no idea. I'll go back and watch the video and be like, ah, oh, that's where I was going. Oh, 1984. Thank you. See, thanks, Shane, for helping me. Thank you. 
you've just extended this message another 10 minutes. Um, so in 1984, there was all the Left Behind movies came out. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but it's, oh, oh. You guys, do you guys even know what I'm talking about? You're like, what? Basically, there were all these movies made about the book of Revelation. And I would read, watch those movies, and I would read the, I even, up until probably five years ago, I'd read the book of Revelation. I'm like, how is it possible that somehow globally everybody's marching together under the edict of a leader, and they can't buy and sell unless they take the mark of the beast? And how is that ever going to possibly happen? And it's about like last week, I woke up, and I'm like, oh, dang, I think I know. Are you, uh, uh, listen, I am serious. Back in the 80s, I thought, how would everybody on this side of the planet know what's going on the other side of the planet? It would take two weeks for that to happen. Listen, somebody can honk their horn on the other side of the world and we hear it before we even see it at this point. It's insane. And we're watching nations march together in some of their actions that seem crazy to watch a country shut itself down for one positive case of COVID to lock down an entire island. It's the first time in history we've ever quarantined the healthy instead of the sick. I'm not saying, I, I, listen, I, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying the, that something moved. And the fact that everybody has moved a new step and the nations are doing it in unison just should let you know that this day is getting a little closer. That day the scripture's talking about, the day where this is all over and we're gathered together. We stand before God to give account for our lives. This is not some like uh, some fictitious game that you can just hit reset. This is real life. You've been born into this earth. God has a plan for your life. When we get to the end and we die, and the Bible does say this, you are, we're likely all dying. So two guys that have escaped it so far, maybe a few poor people that lived through whatever. But I'm telling you, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And then whether, you know, we didn't go to church because uh, we didn't like their cross or we hated our brother because he deserved it, those things now, our arguments all fall away and God measures us based according to his word. And so gathering the more as you see the day approaching becomes real critical. Navigate, second point is into his purpose. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close with this because time-wise, time but it's time for you to lean forward into your purpose. Now, some of your purpose is here in the room, but it's time to get off autopilot and lean into leading your family. This is serious times to lean into family. Some of you to lean with understanding into the business world, knowing that it's not just about making money, but it's about shaping lives. If you have a company with a number of employees, you're responsible for them to be fed. This is critical. If you're in the industry helping people to get into homes, you, you're trying to create a, a place of relief for these people who are being harassed on the left and right. If you are trying to raise your children, I'm going to tell you right now is the time to lean in and make some decisions based on the Word of God and based on what you're seeing to make sure that your children are raised in a healthy atmosphere based on biblical and scriptural principles. Amen? Come on, stand with me. We're going to pray. And we'll sing a final song, I think. But I just, listen, I, I want to, I want to, can I, is it okay for me to take a moment to pray for a couple of things? Because I know that the, the, uh, the steps have shifted on you. You thought I was about to swear there, didn't you? I know the shh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? The steps have shifted. How many of you are in business and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like on a rocking boat constantly. Jay, I want to keep your hands up. Okay, in, in, in the housing industry, I want you to keep your hands up because we're going to pray for you here in a second. How many of you are involved with any type of company and man, things are moving around. You're not sure if you can continue to work there or whatever. Come on, you need to navigate through this season. You need to navigate into the purpose of God for your life. You need to navigate into his family. You need to navigate into his promises, amen? So we're gonna pray. I want you to do me a favor. You have the hand, your hand raised. I want you to take your hand, put it over your chest. If you saw somebody had their hand raised, I want you just to go ahead and pray, and pray in their direction. Father, I just speak confidence to every person who's, world has shifted based on changing requirements. The economy may have been boosted forward, but in some cases, but with some of what's happening now, it could go backwards. Father, we look at that season and you've called us to thrive. You've called us to do well. You've called us to take ground. You've called us to fulfill your purpose. Father, to be drawn into your family and to help draw others into your family. But God, part of our purpose is also our jobs, raising of the resources to be able to take care of our families and be generous and have an impact on this region. And so God, I pray you would just speak peace over each of these people and a confidence in you. God, draw them into a deeper, stronger relationship during this season so they can hear your word, hear what you say over their life, hear what you say to them as a business owner, as a person who produces. God, that you'll give them confidence that there's favor for them. There's a, a, a privilege that comes into their life that not everyone gets because they walk with you. We see that in scripture. We call it blessing. We call it favor. But God, I speak the confidence of your favor over their lives as they lean into you and as they lean into your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray for every parent here. How many of you parents are like, oh man, you know, I, I'm like a little concerned with how this is gonna impact my kids. Anybody? Let me, let me see your hands nice and high, okay? I wanna especially pray over you guys, okay? I wanna pray over you. This is like, man, I did not have to face this as a parent. My gosh, my kids' mental health. I mean, I just thought they were crazy to start off with, so they were good to go, but these pressures. Let me fair, put the hand of the, your hand on someone next to you if they're a parent, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness. God, I pray that you would help these parents to lean forward into your purposes. God, to lean forward into that relationship with you. God, to hear from you, to understand your direction, to know what they need to do. Not what everybody else is doing, but God, based on your word and what you say for them, because we know, God, that sometimes the decision for me is different than the decision for my friend. You have different directions for us. It's all based on your word, but God, you have different things for each of us to do based on who we are and what you're calling us to do. And so God, I speak confidence over these parents to take the steps necessary, to take the precautions or, or to jump all into the things that you have for them. I pray especially for our students standing in the room today. God, your hand upon them. God, I pray that they'll, instead of uh, shrink back in a, in a less than, advantageous atmosphere for learning and growth and social development that somehow God, our students would thrive like those young Hebrew boys that were taken into captivity. Father, that while everyone else was required to eat the king's meat, they dined on your vegetation and God, those young men, not only did they look healthier, but they were smarter, they were more successful and in an atmosphere that should have quenched their growth, they thrived because of their relationship with you. God, I pray that over our students. God, I pray over our teachers, people like Corey and Jenny. God, 
who love you and who love their students and they love your word and are challenged to be able to navigate through the season. God, I pray for wisdom to push forward, to have impact on teachers, on families, on students, and yet to walk your word. Lord, that's such a tricky balancing act in this day and age. And Father, I pray for your wisdom in Jesus' name. Hey, pray for one. Let me pray for one other thing, okay? Is this okay? You are you all right? I want to pray for you to have the confidence to make the decisions for yourself medically that you need to make. For you to stand and listen, what is termed as loving these days is turned into insanity. Sometimes loving, can you, can you imagine my child telling me, Daddy, it's not very loving for you to correct me and spank me. When scripture teaches me that is the loving thing a father does, he does correct. And listening to my child, none of my kids, they love spankings. They love, it was, they really got one, trust me. But correction, but I want you to be confident in what is loving. You to be confident in how to honor your family, to honor God and to honor the people in this world. I want you to have the confidence to live without the pressures of someone else's expectations. You and I will stand before God when it's all said and done. And people who have shouted champion and hero, when some of those individuals stand before God, they will hear, turn away from me. For you have not known me. And others who felt like they were failures because of what the world said, God will say, enter into your good reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. Your, your value, your success is not based on your Instagram likes. Probably you lost half your friends anyways. You posted that one meme. It was funny, not to everybody. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That's such thin skin in the world we're living in. Okay, I gotta stop. I gotta pray, I'll pray this last prayer. Do you guys really wanna sing the next song? Father, I just pray for confidence in you. Confidence in the moment that we stand in. Confidence in decisions that we make. Lord, let us, I pray for a release of truth over the world that we live in. And some of, sometimes truth takes a while to get to it, the numbers and the cases and the, the scientific data, it just takes time trying to make guesses in the dark and truthfully some of our politicians Lord and some of our medical people they have the best of intentions but there just hasn't been enough runway to determine whether or not this plane is landing correctly and we understand that and there's room and there's grace for that but in that Father I pray for the confidence for our people to make their decisions Father to do the right thing for them and do the right thing for their families Father and I, I pray for the uh the maturity to be able to support people in decisions that they make that I don't necessarily agree with a thousand percent that aren't black and white in your word. And God, I pray that your house always has an open sign on the front. And if we have to get creative in gathering other ways, there are still a, a welcome sign on our gatherings wherever they're at and however they look. Father, help us to know where the line of scripture is. That 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 thought process of culture might shift, but God, your word does not shift. And we might, not, might, we might be able to be flexible in those things, but Lord, help us not to be flexible in the things that are black and white found in your word. God, we're gonna stand on your word regardless of what comes. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. 
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.